Can you feel that in the air right now? Is this or is this not Governor's Cup Saturday? Is this or is this not UofL versus UK? The red versus the blue. Cardinal Stadium is going down. Wake up, wake up, wake up. 502 is going down. Your boy Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington. Joe Kelly is coming to you live and direct for the next two hours as we get you ready for the most spectacular, stupendous game day in the history of the University of Louisville. I don't know about that, but what's going on, people? It's going down. Your boy Rashawn Myers in the building. Haven Harrington, how you doing, my brother? Doing good, man. You know, I'm always excited for football. I am telling you, man, it's about to go down. Joe Kelly, how you doing this morning, brother? Man, hearing your intro there, I just lit my head on fire and sprinted to a brick wall. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, hey you got to bring the energy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, on a day like today, right. brothers, that there, there is no, you know, what they say, all gas, no brakes. Like, I, I'm mm-hmm. all about it. It's, it's all about the gas this morning. We have a very, this is a very, it's going to be a very interesting show. Um, of course, if you want to get involved, 414-1450, give us a, a text into the Thornton's text line. You can also give us a call, 384-1450, um, on the call-in line as well. Uh, for any of your thoughts for anything going on today, you, of course, have the University of Louisville basketball team getting things kicked off uh, in the Bahamas in the Bob Mar Championship after dispatching with the Mississippi State Bulldogs. They will be taking on the Maryland Terrapins um, to get your breakfast started at 10 a.m., so. To you live from the lobby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, live from the barroom. I, I like. I thought I saw some like chicken tenders in the background uh, during one of the games. It's like, man, I wonder if you can like if you dive after a loose ball on the court, if you can just grab a chicken tender before you run back on the on the court. You know, you, know, you can't. Do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I'm an old you could you, you could you could take from one of the tens of people in attendance. <laughs> yes, you know. I'm you telling. You stop by the buffet line at, at the back of the. Uh, Hallway. 
You know, you know, they have some adult beverages back there. You're already on, you know, on one of those adult playgrounds out down there in the Bahamas, you know, where they have pretty much every and anything that you can do. Watching basketball probably falls down the list of uh, all the things you can do uh, there on Paradise Island. But hey, you know what? Well, we're here to get you ready. Um, you know, of course, uh, I, I would say that we probably need to uh, discuss the basketball goings on first, um, and then we will get into football um, later on uh, once the basketball game gets going. So, fellas, um, let, let's go ahead and start there. You know, I, there's so many things um, around this basketball team. Of course, um, here uh, we never pull punches. We never lack for opinions. And just getting into everything that happened with this basketball team, there was a lot um, of uh, – I guess, uh, what's the criticism to go around would be a good word. Uh, there's a lot of criticism of Mike Pegues, uh and, you know, his leadership of the basketball team. And there was also criticism of some of the players mainly circled around Malik Williams, the, the starting center uh, for the University of Louisville, as well as Jalen Withers, the starting four-man uh, for the Cardinals. Um, but those guys came out, and they played well. They got to win over Mississippi State. Joe, uh, I'm, I'm going to start with you. I, I just want to get your just your general thoughts on what – um, you know, what happened out there um, on Thanksgiving night, uh, the Thanksgiving Day beatdown, as I, I like to call it. Um, what, what did you think about what you saw out there from the Cardinals against Mississippi State? Uh, a couple of things, even before you go into the into the game itself. I want to give Absolutely. a huge shout-out to the lady that was on, that was on call for yes. the game that mentioned they swim up bar twice. I was like, oh, that's how, you, that's how you do it, man. When you're covering a game in the Bahamas, don't, don't lie. I mean, like, oh, I've been enjoying the sun and the beach. She said she was talking about I couldn't wait to hit that swim up bar. You <laughs> keep talking. Uh, music to my ears. She said I got a per diem at a swim up bar. You fools! This be the last time. Uh, Very nice. The 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 other question that I had to pose is what have we done to the scheduling gods to get a nine thirty tip off on Thanksgiving Day, man? I, that was that felt like an uh, an endurance trial, just staying awake after all that turkey. Oh, I promise. Uh, for tip-off. And then tonight, you know, today we get the 10 a.m. tip-off, 7.30 kickoff. Like, man, it, we've upset the scheduling guys, but I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, the, the game itself, I think I think what it came down to is we that was the first performance we had where we looked good on the glass. We were rebounding aggressively. We weren't giving the other team uh, junk offensive boards and second-chance points. I, I didn't know what to expect with their big man coming back. Uh, that's been a big flaw of ours as we've talked yeah. you know, early in this season. The rebounding is the biggest thing that steps out to me, stands out to me. The other thing is that I'm, I'm still not comfortable with our starting rotation. I like that second group that comes in a lot more as, as a unit, as a whole, you know, as a sum of all parts. No, I agree they with seem you. To, to, they seem to get more going, but on the flip side of that, I kind of wonder if that's not by design, you know, that the coaching staff does have faith in the starting five, something's just not working right now. Right. That'll get fixed. Don't mess with the unit we have that comes in off the bench and doesn't lose a step. If anything, we might we might pick up some momentum when they come in. Oh. Good point. 
No, uh, you know what? I, I, it, I, I totally agree with you. I think that for me, especially with the starting lineup, and I've been critical of the starting lineup. I, I actually wrote in an article when I was breaking down kind of the issues uh, around the, the basketball program that I thought that um, a, a, an update or a change in the starting lineup uh, was necessary. Um, you know, I, I personally feel that um, Jarrett West, while he is um, a dog on the defensive end, um, I, I feel like he doesn't really do much to get the offense going. I think that that worked out in their favor um, against Mississippi State because Molinar um, was Mississippi State's do-everything kind of leader, um, and he was the point guard. So the fact that West could kind of dog him um, to start the game and get him off to a slow start really helped Louisville out. And I think that's um, what, what Mike Pegues, um was thinking about uh, in terms of you know get, getting the team going early, he wants to get the team going defensively. I think that's what they've been talking about is defense, defense, defense because they spent so much time uh, during the summer and the off season, as well as the um, the early season practices on installing this uh, Ross McMain's offense that they really didn't touch on defense. So if you think about it, you know when you have Jarrett West out there. Um, you know, you have Dre Davis out there. You have Malik Williams out there. All three of those guys are, are limited offensive players, but all those guys are considered to be Louisville's best defensive players. Um, you know, and, and I think that's where Mike is leaning. Uh, and while I understand the premise behind it, I don't think those guys necessarily are so much better than the guys on the bench defensively that it would warrant getting off the slow starts. And that was the worry was that Louisville was going to get off to a slow start. Now, of course, against Mississippi State, um, you know, Dre Davis had, had an excellent uh, game and an excellent first half. I believe he had uh, 10 points in the first half. Um, of course, Sam Williamson came off the bench and gave a, a huge boost uh, to the team as well as Mason Faulkner. Um, you know, the, the, the couple of guys that, that I always contended that I, I thought would be better in that starting rotation, um, I personally think Mason Faulkner should be the starter. Uh, point guard. I just think that he is more dynamic. Um, I think that he can do a lot of things off the dribble. Um, he's very good at getting fouled. He's very good at finding other guys. I mean, you have a guy who's playing about 15 minutes off the bench, averaging three and a half assists, leading the team in assists per game off the bench, playing 15 minutes. If you have a guy that can get you three assists in 15 minutes, um, you know, you, you up that to 25, 28 minutes. Um, I, I think his his numbers go up tremendously. Um, you know, I, I just think that Jarrett West is kind of just a dribbler. He just tends to just dribble, 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 dribble. You know, he kind of acts like he's going to go into the lane but doesn't really anything. Then he dribbles the ball back out. Like, I just – I don't necessarily and like it, you know. Between the, the wristband, the number 13, and his build, I just see, like – Dollar General Mark Jackson every time I watch him play, <laughs> and and to make it even worse, I'm like, why does he look like, why does he look like Lin Manuel Miranda from uh, Hamilton, dressed <laughs> up like Mark Jackson playing basketball for Louisville? <laughs> so confusing for me. No, it's fair. It's fair. I mean, I I just think that you know, I I think that Louisville could do themselves to get off to better starts. Uh, and Haven, that that's why I was going to ask you. I mean, is that important? Like, I I know you like the physical side of the game. You like to watch guys. You know, since you being a football guy, you like watching guys roll around in the mud. Like, is it? Do you? Am I wrong thinking that you need to get? You know, even if you take a step back defensively, would it be better for this Louisville team? Uh, you know, to have a more offensively talented lineup with maybe a Williamson, a Matt Cross. A Mason Faulkner. Are you okay with kind of that defensive first mentality? I'm okay right now with the defensive first mentality because, as we know, in every sport, the old axiom is always true defense wins championships. And when it be a, a championship caliber team, 
you have to have that lockdown defense. So I, so I, I can see them wanting to push defense first. Yeah. But they need to follow that up with rebounding second. Right. And this game was the game to actually hit the boards hard and rebound it like we thought they should rebound. Because if you play great defense and you can also rebound, that's going to lead to a lot of offense. That's going to lead to a lot of breakouts. That's going to lead a lot of guys, you know, rubbing down the court, getting you ahead of your team. The defense for the opposing team can't get set. If you get a rebound, get the quick pass out, run up down the floor. That should lead to easy offense. So, no, I'm, I'm fine with them going with, with great defense first. And I'm, I'm fine with that as long as they rebound. Because, like, that's the second half of the equation. They're like, playing great defense is, is awesome. But if you can't get the rebound and they get second and third chances, then what's the use of playing great defense? No, that's fair. The other issue, I think, <clears throat> I think the other issue that comes up with that is that during the Mississippi State game, I don't know what your all's Twitter feed was looking like. But I was seeing a lot of people saying, you know, holy bleep, we're actually seeing the pack line. Well, yeah. yeah, but it's not that simple. You don't get to see the pack line if you don't put the ball in the bucket and get to set up your defense. So that's the double-edged sword we have of trying to emphasize defense, given the style of defense that we want to play. If we're not putting the ball in the hoop, it, it, the scheme doesn't matter because you can't get into it, Right. True. That's the only that's the only negative that I have with this idea of we're gonna have we're gonna start the game with our meat grinder unit, you know, you're gonna have to dive for loose balls, you're gonna have to do a lot against them. We'll bring the spark off the bench. We could get boat raced by a really good, really efficient offensive team if they're not careful about their substitution packages. And that, Joe, you know what, and that right there is my fear uh, and has been my fear is that, you know, you get a team that does get off to a, a better or a faster start. You know, Mississippi State struggled um, out of the block to get going, but, you know, you come up against some of these teams that are a little bit more offensively uh, talented, you know, like, like the Dukes um, and, you know, even NC State and some of these other teams, North Carolina uh, in the ACC, you're not going to always be able to, to, to just, you know, kind of lock down. You're going to have to score some points. And, and to me, I, I, I love Jarrett West's energy. I love the way he plays defense. The dude is a uh, a bulldog. You know, uh, Bob Valvano said he thinks he's as good off or on the ball defender as he's ever seen in college basketball. And Bob Valvano has seen a wow. lot of basketball. Yeah, yeah. Like he said, he literally is as good as anybody he's ever he seen. He said in college basketball, not not like U of L backcourt. No, he said college basketball. No, he said in college basketball Damn. ever. Like like that. And, and you know, me, I am a huge Bob Valvano guy. I, I I, you know, coach is is one of the the, the greatest uh, minds, and just the way he breaks down the game. I, I've continued to say I, I think that he's one of the best. Um, but you know, I, I I love what Jared gives you. But to me, I've always been more. Let's get off to a good start. Let's get you know. Let, let's get the offensive going. I, I believe that your five best players should be in the starting lineup because I believe that if you put your five best, most well balanced players out on the court, get your team off to a good start, then you can always bring the energy, hustle, defensive guy, quote unquote, off the bench. 
You know, you can bring Jarrett West off the bench to kind of get in after you get off to a good start to dog the other guy's uh, best perimeter player. You know, you can bring a Dre Davis in to kind of be that physical, aggressive guy, both defensively and going to the offensive glass and doing those dirt that doing that dirty work in the paint as a big physical three man. Like, like I've always thought that that would be uh, the transition. And you know what? Once Chris Mack, uh, <laughs> and, and this is the funny thing, this is the last game of the Chris Mack suspension. Um, this is game number six. Um, once this game is over with, from what the way I understand it, literally as soon as the horn rings, uh, I feel like uh, Chris Mack is going to come out of the rafters like Sting. Like <laughs> he's going to, you know, he's just going to c- come down off the off the zip line. You know, he's going to kind of take take the stuff off and get the ball bat and start knocking people out. Like <laughs> Return of the Mack is playing. He's got the black Louisville slugger. You know what I mean? I, I promise. I'm telling you. Like I, I feel like he's in the Bahamas somewhere, like hiding around. He's been like uh, snorkeling in the pool, like l- lifting up just to kind of like get, see if he can see the team from the other side of the hotel or, you know, kind of sliding around. He's probably bought a ticket as like a trench coat and like a fake mustache. You know, he's got like one of those uh, me, cheap wigs on. Like, I feel like he's there. I feel like he's there just waiting for this game to end. When his suspension came out, did anybody else feel like mm, six games? All right, that seems like a lot. I mean, I get it. He messed up, whatever. We're not. I'm not trying to get into that. But I looked at the six dates and where it ends, and I was like, huh. His suspension just happens to run through the trip to the Bahamas. Yeah, I think that was a little extra put on there by the president. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, no. And I, you don't get to go. And you're not going to the Bahamas. And Chris Mack, if I know Chris Mack, is like, like hell, I'm not. My wife already booked booked a uh, a nice little spot. I'm still going. Uh, I'll be on the other side of the swim-up bar. Hey, I, I promise. Like, I, I think that, that Chris Mack, that, that, I agree with you, Joe. I think that that was strategic. I think that that had a lot to do with it. Um, I don't think that the president made the right decision, and I think personally that um, had things not gone well versus Mississippi State and this team really locked in that Louisville could have been a lot worse space. I think psychologically, even if they went out there to lose today, I think that there was a lot done that helped this team. But you know what? We're just getting into it. Uh, the fight has just begun, and we have plenty of more haymakers coming here on Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, Joe Kelly, Haven Harrington taking care of you. Uh, the, hitting the first break. When we get back, we're going to kind of talk looking forward to, A, what's going to go down today, as well as maybe some possible changes or things we'll see when the return of the Mac happens. We'll be back. Wake Up 502, Big X Radio, WXVW. Welcome back in to Wake Up 502. It's going down. Haven, can you feel the the, the theme of the day? Can you feel the energy, the contentiousness, 
the beatdowns that are about to go down. Ooh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I, I tell you what, when it comes to getting ready for a big fight, anytime you get ready for a big game, my, my, my personal preference is always uh, the, the Rocky soundtrack. I, I feel like it, like all that music uh, it just gets you just hyped. You know what I'm saying? It makes you want to get out there, start throwing some punches, run around the block, do something. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, that that's just my personal. Go to the main library and chase the bums while you run up the stairs. <laughs> you know I'm what with saying? you, man. I'm with you. I'm, I'm about it. I promise. I promise. But <laughs> welcome back in. Once again, uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line as well. 384-1450 is the call-in line if you have any thoughts. Uh, getting ready for the Louisville basketball team that's getting rolling. I got my, my, my CBS Sports Network. And, and by the way, uh, 10 a.m. on the CBS Sports Network, not CBS, CBS Sports Network, which is the uh, the, the cable affiliate of CBS, um, is where the game will be today. I always have at least five people that text me or send me messages saying, man, where is the game at? I can't find it. They said it was on CBS. This ain't up. Football's on CBS. I'm like, no, no, not CBS. CBS Sports Network. So make sure you check your local listings. Another money grab. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so make make sure you're checking that to figure out where we where where you needs to be. Get your face into place. Uh, but uh, we are going to continue uh, to kind of break down the, the Louisville basketball team. Um, I, I know, fellas, we kind of got gotten into it in the first segment. Um, I'm still on the fence. Um, what did you guys think of of Malik Williams? Um, I, like I, 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 to me, it felt like he was better. Uh, it felt like he was moving better. Um, I still don't know if he's the best guy to really be playing huge minutes right now. I, I still get nervous. It seems like to me he still gets a little tentative uh, and, and is still apprehensive about jumping and, and making athletic moves. Um, uh, are you afraid uh, of him playing so many minutes? Like me, personally, I think I, I would be playing the dude, you know, 10, 15 minutes a game and allow him to kind of get that confidence back in those legs um, before I started playing him extended minutes. Because at the end of the day, I, I think the most important thing is getting him uh, to March, uh, getting him to February, when the games count the most. Am I crazy with that, Joe? No, I think what I would do at this point with him is sitting down, and I think he's mature enough. I think this this is the thing that's hard to criticize Malik. He's been such a, a good leader uh, for that team. you know. And, and he is older and he is seasoned. He's got experience. I would talk to him about the concept that right now at this point in the season, and, and everybody knows it, that their hopes in March, they hang a lot on, a lot of stock goes into can Malik be the Malik that we expect him to be. So I would say right now, yeah, we're going to give you a 12 to 15 minute cap. Give me 12 to 15, what I, what I would call good minutes. I want you hitting rebounds. I want you switching on defense. Focus on defense. Focus on your rebounding. Let the offense come to you. Well, you know, that, that'll get there. And, and explain to him that I want 12 good minutes out of you rather than 20-something minutes of you going through the motions, getting fatigued, and possibly putting more wear and tear on your body. He's gotten into a really – No, 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 I'm sorry, I Joe. I'm about his lower extremities. 
Absolutely. I no, I, I think he's worried about his lower extremities, Joe. Like, like when I watch him out there, like I see him even when there's opportunities for him to go buy, go go get a rebound or to go make a play. Like I see him like kind of fiddling around. You ever watch the old men at the gym that kind of like go mm-hmm. and just kind of swing at the ball or 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 try to like. Um, kind of halfway go because they don't want to like throw their back out or they they're, they got bad knees. Like I, every time I watch Malik out there, it seems like he's he's guarding against hurting himself. And I feel like Coach Peaks, to a point, is trying to help him like play him through it until he realizes he's all the way back. But my my only worry with that a is I I don't like seeing a Malik Williams stat line where he's twenty five twenty eight goodness gracious against Furman he played thirty three minutes um you know I I think that 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 worries me but I I don't like the play him through it until he figures it out especially when you have so many talented guys I mean uh you know what what we're seeing from Roosevelt Wheeler you know the freshman big man. Like Big Rose, I personally feel is playing just as well, if not better, than Malik right now. You know what? what the thing is uh, with Malik, like he's never been healthy, so I, I can understand his hesitancy, because you know he's never mm-hmm. made it through an entire season since he's been here, and I can kind of see Coach trying to get his confidence back up, being like, "Dude, don't worry about it. This is your year. You can do it." So you know you have those two opposing forces kind of going against each other, a guy who's never been healthy, who's always been hurt, and then somebody trying to tell you, just push through it, don't worry about it, it'll be okay. Look, you played 33 minutes, you were fine, just keep playing. But, you know, it's hard to get over that mental hump that I won't be fine because you never have been fine. Oh, if I was Kevin Ware, I would never be able to jump again and trust that I could land. You know what I mean? Like, I have have so much respect For guys who go through multiple rehabs, especially consecutive rehabs, the, I, <clears throat> the physical part of it's the easiest part, you know, from what everybody says. It's the mental hurdle. Right. It's trusting that, that your body's going to hold up. I Look, man, I know a lot of people thought it was odd. I completely got why Mike Maris said, man, I mentally can't do this anymore. Can I coach? Yeah. Like I still want to be part of the team, but I, I cannot put my, my body and my mind through this anymore. I, I, I get it. Malik has been put through the ringer. So that that's another reason why I say if you do if the coaching staff does feel any sense of like they owe it to Malik, you know, because he has been through so much, don't rush this. Do this the right way, bring him along slowly, get his confidence up, and maybe he doesn't play as stiff as he's looked, because that's the best way I can describe it. He just looks he looks like a guy who's been injured a lot and just is unsure of a lot. I, I agree with you. But you know what? That being said, I do think that he looked the most normal that I've seen him, um, at least in terms of challenging shots and going after rebounds. Like he's not, he's never been a big out of area rebound guy, um, but he's also been a guy who, at least if the ball is decently within his area, he'll go get it and, and he'll be physical. And I did see that from him um, on Thursday evening is that he was at least going out there and any rebound that became came in his zone, he pretty much got. And against some very big physical guys, when you're talking about Dylan Brooks, um, a guy who was a preseason ACC player of the year last year at North Carolina who transferred down to um, uh, 
down to uh, Mississippi State. And you talk about the rest of those big guys on that team. Um, you know, Mississippi State has a big front line. Um, Mississippi State's one. Of, like, and let me tell you something. Uh, all the people out there, all the haters, all the, the, the media people that, that wanted to, to kind of put down this Louisville team, um, especially after the loss to Furman to say, oh, they're no good, this team sucks. Uh, and then all of a sudden, a Mississippi State team who was undefeated, a Mississippi State team um, who was considered to be one of the better teams in the uh, uh, AC, or excuse me, SEC in terms of talent, you know, where you have <laughs> Molinar and you have Dylan Brooks and you have, um, you know, a, a, a bevy of players, Rocket Watts and guys that are well thought of. This team was very well thought of before Louisville, you know, waxed the floor with them. And then as soon as as soon as they the game's over, we hear, oh, well, this Mississippi State team's not any good. This is a you know one of the worst teams that I've seen. Don't take anything out of this game because oh god, this Mississippi State team just isn't that good. Like it's amazing, how, isn't it amazing how that always happens? Uh, you know, I, I think we heard some of the, the same things with Louisville football. Is that you know the the Louisville football team as they made improvements, the defense starts to play better. Oh well, God, just Syracuse is the worst team ever. Boston College is the worst team ever. Duke is the worst team ever. Ever. So don't take any stock into anything that Louisville. Defense is doing. It's just that all the teams are just really terrible. So, well, with Duke, that is true. You know, like, like Duke is like the worst team in the ACC by far. <laughs> yes, but that doesn't mean that oh, the defense is, that true. But that doesn't mean that the defense is not playing well. And, and I've always hated the yeah, argument true. of the team sucks. So you didn't really do anything. It's just all the other guy. Like I've never that, subscribed to that. That's that's the problem with playing a team of just absolute burnt scrubs is that there's nothing good that comes from it, man. Like, you might get get a player injured. That sucks. If you go out and you, and you just cream them by 50, people go, congrats, you did what you were supposed to do. If you go out and wax them by 35, everybody wants to know why you couldn't get 50. <laughs> <laughs> there's just no winning in those. Absolutely. Absolutely. But see, but Mississippi State was not that. And that that was my issue with some of the analysis that I heard after the game is because Mississippi, you know, Mississippi State was a team that was undefeated. They had blown out everybody they had played. Um, they were, by and large, a good basketball team, a team that had recognized talent on their recognized names and a team with a, a coach that had been to multiple Final Fours. Um, it's a good team. It's a good, well-coached team. You know that they have a good coach. You know they have well-thought-of players. That was a good win. They just people could not be okay with the fact that a Louisville team that lost to Furman could turn it around. And, and this is the thing that I've said about this Louisville team from the jump when they were headed down to the Bahamas. One thing that was without doubt is that Louisville was going to be as talented or more talented than any of the teams that they would see in the Bahamas. Uh, we know that. We know that because of the guys they brought in. We know that because of the guys that they were bringing back, that there was talent there. The question was, could Mike Pegues coach this team properly? Could this team figure out their identity defensively? Could they figure out how to execute in the half court? Those are the questions. All the questions were more based around scheme and uh, coaching, not about talent. And that's the thing I've always said about basketball. I know some people will like to say, you know what, I, you aren't a basketball guy. You know, I've played the game, so I just know more. At the end of the day, first of all, this is the state of Kentucky. There's a lot of knowledgeable basketball fans in the state, <laughs> period. Okay? Like, it's not basketball is not rocket science. It's five dudes on the court. You're dribbling the ball. There's a limited right. number of different defensive schemes that you can do on a basketball court. Okay? Like, I've never subscribed to the whole thing of I just know so much more than you. You know, like, like, so it's a simple game. So, to me, if Mike Pegues is a guy who 
is an intelligent coach, and Coach Mack believes this guy's intelligent enough to be the, the head coach in his stead, then he should be smart enough to figure it out. And I think that he started down that path on Thursday. Man, I, I love what you said about the state of Kentucky because it's true, man. Welcome to the Bluegrass State where you can meet two guys named Mud Dauber and Skillet. They have a combined <laughs> fifth-grade education. They got a combined fifth-grade education. But, boy, can they tell you about the press. Hey, break it all the way down. Break it all the way down. Ask good questions. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, they respect floor spacing. Uh, (laughs) I am a little disappointed, though. You were heaping all that praise on Mississippi State. You didn't take the opportunity to see if any of the listeners caught it. That was your opportunity to make a patino drop, you know, and be like one of the one of the one of the greatest assembled teams I've I've, I've ever witnessed in my yeah yeah covering this game yes yes absolutely you know and Coach P Coach P what was was the king of the the, the hype man but the the, the, <laughs> the funniest thing about Coach P was always that he would always talk about how good the team was in the pregame but then after the like his team goes out and wins by 40 or 50 he'll be like oh well that team wasn't really that good so you know I, my whole team is terrible I'm upset with the defense I'm upset with the offense I don't care how many shots we made I don't care that we won by 50 and shot 70% from the field that was the worst game I've ever seen like <laughs> he had this amazing ability to play both sides unlike anyone ever <laughs> If if you haven't found that person in your life already, I hope that the next that the next year everyone in this world can find them someone who loves them like Rick Pitino loves Kenneth Reed. Hey, real talk, real talk, and let me tell you something. Big shout out to Coach Patino and the Iona Gales knocking off uh, number ten Alabama. Uh, the Gales will be going on. Um, I, I, did, do we know if they won last night? Uh, I'm not sure if they beat Belmont. They were playing in the semifinals um, of their tournament down there. I know Kansas got upset by Dayton in the first game. And Alabama's uh, struggling with Drake last night as well. Were they? Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, Alabama's got some things to figure out down there. But just a big shout-out to Coach Patino. Um, he still got it, y'all. He still got it. And you know what? We still got it as well. Wake Up 502 is going down. Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly, Rashawn Myers taking care of you. Uh, counting down to tip-off. Uh, tip off of the first game, basketball uh, tip versus Maryland going down in about 18 minutes. So we'll be back to break down more of that and much, much more. We're getting you ready for the Governor's Cup as well, and we'll be back on Big X Radio.
And welcome back. Welcome back. Wake up 502. Living in America. Living in the 502. And it's going down here. Big X Radio, man. Big shout out to the Godfather of Soul, James Brown. We're kicking it with our continued Rocky theme song soundtrack spectacular as we get you in a fighting mood uh, as, as we get you ready for everything going down uh, Cardinals versus Terrapins uh, one of the goofiest nicknames ever I don't know it I've never even hey, heard that's of a it. vicious turtle man uh, that's a f- the Terrapins the vicious turtle vicious turtle the turtle with teeth is that is that we have cardinals hey, with teeth and turtles with teeth? I'm saying, man, <laughs> we're a cardinal, man. Like, like, how vicious is a cardinal, really? <laughs> True, that's fair. That that is fair. Yeah, I, when you, I, I'll eat that one. <laughs> when you rock a bird with teeth, really, the only the only mascot you can go after is Demon Deacon because that one's just dumb. <laughs> True. Now, you know what? You know what? I, I like the Demon Deacons. Cause it's just frightening, man. It's just frightening. Cause like, it's like, an every, oxymoron. I mean, not really, man. Like, remember the first poltergeist? The, the, the old <laughs> oh, yeah. guy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right he there. was a demon deacon. That's fair. That is fair. Wow. <laughs> well said, sir. <laughs> we we got James it. Brown and a poltergeist reference. We haven't even gotten into the stuff <laughs> yet. That, man, that's how we do it over here, I suppose. <laughs> I promise, I promise. <laughs> so, fellas, let me just ask you. Like, I know we got about about ten, 10 minutes for the top of the hour, uh, and and we get rolling here down there in the in the Bahamas. Um, let me just ask you, just in, in general terms, because uh, we've seen so many things with this team so far. We, we we've heard about the depth. We've heard about um, the fact that we have so many different ways to beat you, and it is exciting when you look and consider the fact that you know Matt Cross. Um, you know, the guy who's been playing really well for Louisville off the bench didn't have a big game. Of course, Noah Locke, we know about his struggles. He did not have a big game as well. And Louisville still went out there and handled things. Um, and, and that is a very exciting development. You know, guys like Mason Faulkner, um, Dre Davis, um, you know, of course, Samuel Williamson, who's playing like a man possessed, um, had a great game. Um, who would be the guy that you feel – needs to have a big game. You know, Maryland's uh, always got a bunch of athletic big guys. Their big guys are never overly skilled, but they, they, they get a lot of offensive rebounds. They always have length. They always have size. Um, but they're more based on their perimeter output. You know, they have a bunch of guards that can knock down shots. Uh, they're going to play kind of that, that hustle Big Ten basketball. We're going to rebound our 85 misses and just continue to shoot threes until we figure it out. Um if there was a guy that, that you would look to say, you know what, we need this guy to get off, um, who would be your person? Joe, I'm going to ask you first, um, just like who would be your guy that, that you want to see shine uh, on the uh, court this afternoon? Or I guess technically this morning. Know. It's not even <laughs> afternoon. Good Lord, 10 o'clock tip. Yeah, yeah. This is AAU schedule. Oh, it's terrible. Um, you know, I don't I don't think he has to have a huge game by any, by any stretch. He hadn't had one yet, but we've done all right. <laughs> I'd like to see a big game out of JJ. Um, I think that'd be really good for his confidence. I'd like to see JJ. Another, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I I think right now I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty content, and I know what we're getting out of our backcourt most games. Yeah, you you know, I mean, I, I think we we pretty much know it's the it's the bigs up front. So I'd like to mm-hmm. see somebody, anybody, come out and emerge as, as kind of the lead dog in that pack. 
I like it. I, I, that, that's a good call. Um, you know, the, the big guys definitely have been the biggest question mark uh, so far. Um, you know, I, I think that you, you mentioned J.J. Um, I, I think that Jalen Withers um, is a guy that, that to me – Still doesn't seem comfortable. Like he's talented enough to where he's been able to impact. He's been able to 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 go uh, go out there and put up some decent numbers. Um, but I feel like it's just kind of numbers for numbers' sake. Um, not not necessarily saying he's not playing well, but I don't really get his fit yet. Like he, it still feels uncomfortable. Like it it seems like you have four guys playing team basketball, and then you got Jalen just kind of doing Jalen if that makes sense <laughs> like you know what I mean like it, 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 at least offensively like defensively I think that he's doing a, a decent job when he's engaged it was one of those things that me and Mike Pegues, uh had a conversation about in the press conference um, uh, after the last home game uh, for Louisville that he that it seemed like um, Jalen was allowing when he struggled offensively to kind of affect his defense and that's one of the things that you don't want to see happen um, but I, I offensively I don't really know that he's like I don't feel like what he's doing he's helping to make himself better or make anybody else better like it just seems like when he has the ball it's pretty much Jalen has the ball either catch the ball on the perimeter jab step a couple times and shoot a step back three or shoot a pull up three or Jalen is cutting on the back door and he can catch the ball and finish at the rim but I don't really see Jalen making plays for anybody else like I, I don't see him being a guy that's forcing a double team and getting somebody else open if that makes sense and and that's the that's the development that, that that I would like to see at least from the big guys like I feel like we know what Malik is he's gonna dribble too much from time to time and take a bad shot but he's gonna <laughs> give you good defense rebounding and he's gonna make a couple nice passes like I feel like that's who he is but Jalen I, I Jalen is still the odd duck he's the round peg with the square holes like he's just still unnatural like I I don't feel like we figured out who he's gonna be am I crazy with that you know I thought last year at the beginning of the season he knew what he was but as guys start to to come back and he kind of got lost in rotation I think he's he he still hasn't found his spot since then yeah and especially playing a new position now that he's back at the four with Malik here playing full-time he's never gonna go back to the five for the most part except for in situational type things you know like it, 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 it's uncomfortable I think it's really weird and y'all can tell me if I'm just seeing things out there with him but when he does something great he really flashes signs that that I'm like oh he, he okay I do see a little bit of Earl Clark in his game but then he yeah. does something absolutely knucklehead like Rashawn said where he looks like a man on his own island sometimes you got four guys playing team defense and Jalen's just like ball don't lie <laughs> Uh, and at those moments, he reminds me of all the stuff that used to just irritate the snot out of me about Earl. You know, when Earl was younger. Yeah. He finally he finally put it together. That's a good call. That, that that is a good call. That is a good call. I like that. And one. shout out to E five. But I mean, everything about him physically. You got to say it in the E five voice, him. though. You got to say it in the E five voice. You got to be like, shout out to my man E five, man. Hey, I, I gotta I gotta call Earl out real quick. I had a class with him at U of L and he would always walk in late with Smitty and Sosa. And man, the professor had tenure and just didn't care. One day Earl and them walk in late trying to sit in the back. He goes, Hey you, Slim, tall drink of water. Slim. And and Earl looks around the room and then points at himself like, you know, there's somebody else six ten in the room. And he goes, Who, me? He goes, 
yeah, you? He goes, my name's Earl. Goes, I know you're Earl. Why don't you hit your damn free throws? <laughs> <laughs> Only in Kentucky. I you promise. sit up front. He said, you sit up front until you hit a 70% for the season on your free throws. <laughs> Earl said Earl got to move to the back by the end of the semester, though. I love it. I love it. That see, see, that you only get that here. You like, like, you know, like that. There's a lot of places that that love football. There's a lot of football love play, but there's very few places like Kentucky, Indiana. You may get that in North Carolina, but I, I love no, that, that about that, the, no, about this city. I actually know what. That's literally it: Kentucky, Indiana, and North Carolina. <laughs> you, Seriously, you may, like you two. You guys and the listeners are nodding along, going, mm-hmm. "Yes, yes, this is normal." <laughs> anybody, anybody who happens to be coming through listening is just like, "I'm sorry, a professor did what? That's highly unprofessional." <laughs> Not in Kentucky. Not in Kentucky. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I always thought it was like normal, like in middle school, in elementary school, for the teacher to roll out the television so they could play yes. like March Madness in the background. Oh yeah. While they're doing instruction, I was like, "Oh, this this happens everywhere." And then you travel places like, oh, this happens nowhere. <laughs> nowhere. They're like they're like looking at our test scores and saying, Oh, so y'all just mail it in for the month month of March. It's not showing up anywhere. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know what? We all make choices and certain things are more important, okay? And it just means more here. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> we got we got Bourbon, horses, bats, and round balls. Just let us have what we have. Hey, can, can we have it? Exactly. Can, can, can we live? Can we have that? Please. Hey, but now let me ask right. you. Uh, uh, you know, I, I know we kind of touched on the big guys. Is, is there anything that you need to see from a specific player or anything that you think that Louisville needs to, um, you know, d- d- like a, a spot where either you need to see more, you need to see better, or, or an important player that you need to see play well today? I would say for this game, I think it comes down to our man Cross because okay. the, Maryland is, mm-hmm. is, is, a, is a pretty good team, but they don't have the best perimeter defense. Yeah. And Cross is our best shooter so far. Yeah. The man's a sharpshooter. If he can get off from three, it's going to be a long day, a long morning rather for the, for the Maryland Turpins. And I think that that will bode well for UofL. If he can get off and start scoring, start knocking down Jays, yeah, that's, that's a very good sign for this Louisville team. I like it. I mean, you know, that, that, that's a good one just because I, I personally feel that, like, when you have uh, Cross out there uh, and you have Cross on one wing and you have Noah Locke on the other wing and then you can have a guard that can take off the, the dribble um, like a Falk, uh, Faulkner or um, Ellis, it just puts so much stress on the defense because you have this super quick guard that's trying to get in the lane. And if you help off either one of those two guys, you have knockdown shooters. Um, like that to me is like the ultimate setup and, and that's kind of the ultimate situation if you can get both of those guys going I've not really seen it so far um, come to fruition yet to where you have both of those guys going off or on the court at the same time and making plays but I, I like I feel like that's where it's going like if you can have those two guys that's the closest thing to you know when Louisville had Jordan Wara and uh and uh uh, uh Ryan McMahon out there is that you have two knockdown shooters um but you didn't necessarily have the the dynamic guard see, that I, could take see, off now, the dribble I would have gone back to better shooters than that okay with Lancaster 
Oh, oh, look at Come him. Come on now, man. Yeah. <laughs> the, the great team. I mean, I would have said like Cisco Garcia and Taekwondo Dean, you know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I, I would, I would at least. I mean, yeah, but no, no you, you're right. But, I mean, when you had Dean and Garcia on, on the wings, it definitely gave you a whole lot to think about. You know, it, it gave you a whole lot to put a lot of stress and pressure on the defense. Um, but but I do. I, I think that if we could see those guys get off, especially because Noah did not have a, a great shooting game, uh, if you can get your two shooters going, I agree with you. Maryland's deep perimeter, per, uh, perimeter defense is not. It's suspect. Um, yeah, it's not great. Uh, you know, that they really struggled with Richmond uh, before finally putting them away uh, late. Uh, I think that Louisville could do something similar out there. And just FYI, if people were wondering, um, uh, we, we were discussing uh, some of the offensive teams that Louisville's going to face later on. Duke did beat number one Gonzaga uh, last night. Uh, so, yeah, yeah we're definitely are, are going to have to get off to some better starts, fellas. Hey, does anybody else find that number one player, you know, the number one prospect out of Gonzaga, Chet? Yeah, I mean, what a Chet, Chet. Holmgren, yes. Do y'all does am I the only person? I'm really not trying to be mean, but that boy is so skinny that man, <laughs> it makes it hard. Like I don't, I'm. It's hard for me to look at him. <laughs> it's. I'm just gonna be honest, man. It's really hard for me to look at him and not think like, sir, you are gonna shatter like glass. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Chet, Chet Holmgren is the skinniest guy. Like Paolo Banchero, uh, the other guy. You know, it's pretty much considered Paolo and Chet are the best two players um, as far as uh, in in terms of, of draft status in college basketball. Give me Paolo all day long. Paolo six ten, rock solid, two hundred fifty pounds. That's the meat on his. Like Chet's, Chet's a little too. It's hard to to, to be dominant that skinny. Like he's just painfully Look. skinny. Like and when you look at his calves, man, that's that's the dead giveaway. It's his legs. Like you can put upper body weight on a on a kid. That's not you know that's not anything for a, for a training staff. But when you look at how skinny his thighs and calves are, that's not normal, gentlemen. Get that boy a milkshake, please, please Get do some that. Barbecue. And you know what? It is just <laughs> about tip off time, fellas. We are one hour in. We're about to get into this Governor's Cup breakdown. We will keep everybody abreast of what's going on down there in the Bahamas uh, with Louisville versus uh, Maryland. But uh, let's go ahead, hit our top of the hour break. And when we get back, the Cardinals, the Wildcats, is going down today here in the 502. This is Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly, and we'll be back, y'all.
And welcome back in to Wake Up 502 is going down in the Derby City. Can you feel it, people? Can you feel the vibes? Are you not ready? Are you not entertained? It is about to happen. Scott Satterfield, Mark Stoops, Louisville Cardinals, Kentucky Wildcats, Governor's Cup. And we about to get you ready here. It is officially the Wake Up 502 pregame show. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly back. Fellas, can you feel the energy in the room right now? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? It, it was fun. I love, I love basketball, but you know what? I'm ready to talk football, fellas. Yes. Yes. We only get a couple weeks left to do it, man. Oh, man. I, I, I'm telling you, it, it's about to go down. Haven Harrington, this being your baby, um, we, we got to talk about this with you first. Uh, just when it comes to uh, this matchup, like, just give me your initial, like, just go. In fact, you know what? I'm going completely off script with this. This is your baby. This Grab gets you excited. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> give me, just go wherever you want with this. Just give me your your thoughts, your, you know, anything. Just give it to me rough. Give it to me raw. Let me know what you're thinking about this matchup. <clears throat> oh, yeah. It's going <laughs> down. You see, today, yeah. Cardinal Stadium, yeah. You Bell, yeah. Ned Flanders, yeah. <laughs> Chief Wiggum, yeah. Going toe to toe at seven o'clock. Yeah, I need you all to be there. Yeah, in front of your TVs. Yeah, cause it's gonna be macho madness all day long. Yeah, you got Malik Cunningham. Yeah, running all over the Wildcats. Yeah, and then you're gonna have, yeah, the Wildcat rushing defense. Yeah, they've been suspect. Yeah, like the passing attack. Yeah, but watch out because. They're going to run wild yeah, over you. Yeah. Okay, enough Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> Break wow. that down. Very nice. Very nice. But the- seriously, man, this game, I, I, I'm excited. I'm, I, I'm just so excited to see what's going to happen. It seems like the past two weeks, Louisville's figured things on offense, right? Mm-hmm. And they finally realized everything goes through Malik Cunningham's legs. The whole offense seems like it's predicated on his ability to run and break down the opposing defense. And it opens everything up from there. The running plays with Conley and everybody else, the passing attack, all comes off of Malik's legs. And Kentucky has a history of problems with dual-threat quarterbacks. A very bad history (laughs) with (laughs) dual-threat quarterbacks. So the matchup on off on Louisville's offense versus Kentucky's defense seems like really good, especially Kentucky's secondary is horrible, just horrible. They give up big plays every game, and that's what Louisville does best. Louisville scores with big plays, big passing plays. They get yards in chunks. So Louisville's offense should have a, a pretty big day. Now, conversely, if you look at Kentucky's offense going against Louisville's defense – Louisville's defense has played much better, especially against the run. They've really yeah. been able to shut down some of the best running backs in the ACC. The only difference is this is an offensive line that is more akin uh-huh. to Florida State's offensive line and Clemson's offensive line with the size. Yeah, This is a much bigger offensive line than, can, than Louisville's faced, except for those two aforementioned games. 
So it's going to be interesting to see what Kentucky can do. If Kentucky stays and pounds the ball all game long, which they probably will, I think by the fourth quarter they can wear out Louisville's front seven. Now let me ask you, because I I do know that Kentucky um, this year has not had its dominant offensive line as they have the last couple of years with the big blue wall. It does seem like they've had some issues with – um, you know, the third and shorts. I mean, it used to be if it was third and two, you might as well just go ahead and book it. Like, it, it, it was going down that they were going to get that first down pretty much every time. Um, that has not been the case this year. Uh, so, you know, the thing that I'll ask you, because, you know, you did mention that, you know, this is going to be more akin to what we've seen from, uh, you know, the Clemsons, uh, the Florida States in terms of size and physicality. Well, you know, Louisville – their rush defense held up very well uh, in both of those games. Uh, both both of those teams had to you know depend more um, on any type of pass offense they were able to get to to get the win. And ultimately, the Clemson passing game is what won them the game against Louisville. Even though Louisville, of course, should have won the game, uh, but you know Louisville did hold up very well. Now, th- does that make you? more or less likely to believe that Louisville can hold up and actually shut down that Kentucky running game? Or do you just think that Kentucky's offensive line is going to be a little bit too much and that Louisville's going to have to score points to win? Louisville's going to have to score points to win. But I think Louisville's defense will be to shut Kentucky's running attack down for like the first two and a half, three quarters. Okay. And I think eventually if if Kentucky sticks with the run and the most importantly, Rodriguez doesn't fumble the ball like five, six times a game like he's apt to do, then, yeah, they should be able to kind of wear Louisville's front seven down by the fourth quarter if they stick with it. But Levis is he, – he's a streaky passer. Yeah. So, you know, when he's on, he's on. When he's off, he's, like, really off and he's, like, really bad. Um, you know, they have a great wide receiver well, in Wondell Robinson. So, you know, I expect him to get loose, like, once or twice. But I, I, I think Louisville's defense should be up to the challenge. Joe? I think Levis is – you say he's a, he's hot and cold, man. He's hot when Wondell Robinson's running around with nobody within 10 yards of him. I mean, Wondell makes that passing game go. I haven't seen anything in Kentucky quite like that where an offense is predicated on one offensive weapon since Tim Couch was getting all the love for the dirty work Craig Yeast did. Yeah, I said it. Uh, <laughs> You know, guys. I mean, hasn't that always been Kentucky football, though? Hasn't that always been, like, one, like, just stud wide receiver that, like, gets all the passes? Like, I I swear, like, yeah, yeah, Keenan Burton was like that. Uh, uh, um, Randall Cobb was like that. Like, (laughs) they didn't use Cobb nearly enough, man. I I don't know what was going on with Randall other than just Joker being Joker. (laughs) Never forget when uh, when they were marching into into Cardinal Stadium back in college, and one of my buddies goes, "Look at that clown!" and he's pointing at Joker Phillips. I I don't know why, but I just appreciated that joke (laughs) at at that moment of tailgate. But um, you know, I try not to rival too much when it's not necessary because what's been said about this, you know, the fan bases back and forth, it's it's exhausting and tiring and I'm getting too old for it. However, today's game day, so it's not that's not the case today. Uh these bums have been running their jibs all fall about their magical season and how it's a it's a new day in Kentucky and we might lose our coach to LSU. Man, if y'all don't get out of here with that nonsense, here's what's going to happen. Your coach ain't going anywhere. Y'all are going to get some new seats in the locker room. You're going to get some new chairs. <laughs> you might get a new, uh, some new carpet because he's going to go hold a knife to the AD's throat and tell him, 
LSU wants me, and if you look at the LSU job, it's probably the best job in all of America, considering that Les Miles and Ed Ogeron won a championship there. I mean, <laughs> what's the worst I'd do? Eight wins? I think I could handle it. So their magical season is nothing, y'all. It's all been smoke and mirrors, and I've, I've alluded to this, and I've hinted at it when I asked y'all what's their best, what is their signature win. If they beat U of L today, that's their signature win on a magical season, and I can't stop laughing at that. That when we're having a very <laughs> mundane, disappointing year, your highlight was beating us. Because take the sticker off the helmets, man. Take the sticker off the helmets. Just like everybody said, if y'all beat Clemson this year, it's because Clemson sucks. Well, y'all beat Florida and LSU by name only. The, both coaches got fired after losing to you. So the, the streak continues. You lose to Big Blue, somebody got to go. No, that's fair. And, and you know what? And I've always said this about people talking about, like, to me, at this point, Mitch Barnhart should, like, stop falling for the banana in the tailpipe. Like, Mark Stoops is not going anywhere. You have a dude that has basically a lifetime contract with Kentucky who gets a bonus every time his team wins six games or more. You have a program that literally falls over themselves happy because they get to six to seven wins. You have a man who literally held the ball a whole quarter just so he could kick a field goal against Georgia and gave no effort to try to come back. Do you think that dude's trying to go out and find, like, the next big coaching job? Absolutely not. He could give a damn less about no. coaching anywhere else. He knows better. Absolutely. He's not dumb. And like, why would you want to go to LSU? Because you actually have to well, win Well, there's at expectations, LSU. right? You have to win at LSU. They expect you to beat Alabama occasionally at LSU. Mark Stoops will stay at Kentucky another 15 years. If you I can. would, wouldn't you? I mean, I can't blame him. I mean, Absolutely. Well. You have to win, you know, win, uh, you lose about four games a season. Nobody cares. He has no aspirations. I don't even think he even cares if he wins or not. Like, he just wants to win just enough. Guys. He wants to get that bonus. Guys, you want to talk about how little pressure is on the Kentucky football job and how just I'm going to I'm going to go on and just say because it it's rivalry day how clown shoes their media and their their fan base are. They are out here having the audacity to print. These are not fans, mind you. These are media members printing. Stoops is winning the SEC. God bless Eric Crawford for coming by with a spoonful of humble pie for all those nerds and saying. Going 500 in the SEC at Kentucky is a feat, but it's hardly winning. It's literally going 500. Yeah, literally. And so that's, that's not even going 500 in the conference. That's not even going five. That's just going no. 500 overall. <laughs> you, can, you can be the definition of average, and they think you're better than what you are. That's out kicking your coverage. He's an idiot if he goes anywhere else. No, I agree. Unless he goes to Mississippi State. <laughs> I mean, I, I, understand, I understand. I wouldn't even go there. That, especially, I understand his alma mater and his style of play. I do think, I think he'd be successful at Iowa. But I don't think there's any SEC program that, that wants to do better than, than what Kentucky's doing that he's necessarily going to just, no. I, I don't see it. No, Kentucky I mean, is his LSU perfect spot. Again, I mean, it is a perfect spot. LSU, it's, again. LSU has so much talent in their own backyard. Ed Ogeron and and Les Miles couldn't screw it up. True, but I I feel that like talent. there's a shelf life with that job. Like to me, it feels like he can stay at Kentucky literally forever. Like LSU at some point is going to request results. I mean, Ogeron won a championship what two two years, two years ago, ago and, and now he's out of a job. Yeah. You know, I mean, like so there's a shelf life bad. with that. 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, Nick Saban is the exception, not the rule. That's because he's winning. Everybody else, <laughs> right. everyone else in the SEC, I don't care who you are, man, you are coaching on borrowed time. Yeah. Except for Vanderbilt. Yeah. <laughs> Dear God. Well, oh. Anybody can coach Do they Vanderbilt. have a coach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. I thought that was like a student raffle every every Friday afternoon. Like, hey, you're the coach. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Here's your, here's I mean, your look- visor in your play sheet. Like legit, like I think like coaches just like get tired of coaching Vanderbilt and just leave. They're like, look, man, I just, I, I think I'll just go do something else now. <laughs> I mean, James Franklin is should be should go down as the greatest coach of all time because he literally made Vanderbilt I, <laughs> like a winner, a conversation. They won. You could tell me that. You can tell me that Vanderbilt's athletic department has basically got their head football coach on the same payroll that like Melvin or, or whatever from the office was on, where they're like, we just kept moving him to the basement, but he's still on payroll for some reason. <laughs> he technically doesn't even work here anymore, but we never got around to telling him. And he shows up every day, so we just kind of let it slide. Literally. like That's Vanderbilt football. It's like, well, or the coach they keep the, showing up for the, the game the water boy. <laughs> yeah, I, I promise. Like, it's, uh, I I don't know. I get like that. There are just certain places, but you know, I like so that for. And I say all that to say, Mark Stoops isn't going anywhere. He has literally the greatest job ever. Like he can he no, can recruit no. decent enough to keep a good enough product for him to continue to get paid, and that's all he cares about. And, and Kentucky, and uh, you know, you have Big Dog out here hyping everybody up to to talk about we're the program, we're the you know we're, we're just right down the street from being as good as Michigan, and they they go out there and they talk say, all their smack. Fools say they were on. Didn't these fools say they were approaching Ohio State levels? Oh yeah. Who are these people, Rashawn? Yeah. Haven, where did they come from? I, 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 I but you know what? But guess what? Different... They're real quiet to this this week. That's the one thing I've noticed because I've heard about how they're they're the next this and the they're, they're the next that. But I don't I don't hear you know I don't hear none of that talking right now. No, they, they're nervous because here's the thing: like you can look at Louisville's last two wins against a bad Syracuse team, an even worse Duke team, right? And you can say you know what? It's all smoke and mirrors. Louisville just beat two really bad teams, and they look good beating two bad teams. They're overmatched, yada, 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 yada. But the thing is, Louisville still put up 103 points in two games. And he did what they're supposed to do. And that's, what's, and that's what scares Kentucky, that Louisville may have figured out, one, number one. Number two, I honestly think this may be the first time since Scott Satterfield's been here. Granted, we've only played Kentucky once. But I think – Scott now understands the rivalry. I think after last year being humiliated at midfield, when he went to go to complain to Stoops about the L's down, I think he gets it now. <laughs> complain about that. <laughs> Fellas, and you know what? Uh, we have a, a call in to the call in line, 502-384-1450. We're going to go to this man right now. I feel like I know who this is, um, but I'm, I'm going to let him go ahead and just just uh, come on on here. Uh, call, are you with me? Yeah, you heard me. You know who it is. You know exactly who it is. <laughs> is this Hank? You know it is. <laughs> Man, you know what he's the greatest. Hank, long time no talk to my brother. Come on, come on, man. I, I should have known you that know you was going to come out for, for, for Governor's Cup Day. I should I should have known it. <laughs> How you, know, you doing, you, man? You know, you, 
You know, every time you hear my voice, you like them hyenas on the Lion King. I'm a father, and you start shivering. You know what that means. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough. All right, Hank. So you know what? I have a feeling I know where you gonna go with with to, with this uh, conversation. What you go? What's gonna happen today, Hank? What, what what's gonna happen? Man, you, like, we all know are y'all gonna really I, win? I, 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 look here. I, I know you, uh, you just had a call on. Y'all was trying to sell each other wolf tickets, <laughs> trying to pump each other up. I mean, y'all was talking more about stoops than y'all was about side field. That further lets me know that y'all afraid of the results is about to come. That's all it does. It further lets me know the results is about to come. And y'all know what it is. Um, let me say, we didn't get to play last year. We would have beat you last year, too. COVID saved that ass. I just want to <laughs> let you know straight up, straight down. It saved y'all ass. But guess what? Ain't no more saving. We come. Whether you like it or not, we coming. And we're going to come down to the pizza box. We're going we're gonna to spray some hiding. It's going to be some hiding spanking going on. I don't want to hear no excuses. I don't hear all that crap. You talk about our team and the SEC, you realize y'all 4-4 four four in the weakest conference in football. <laughs> y'all understand that? Y'all 4-4 four four in the weakest conference in football. That's fair. ACC is a joke. Mm. Everybody knows it. Week 4 is one of ACC. They going to be the one probably representing. I mean, come on now. What are we doing here? And y'all going to sit there and talk about ours and what we doing? Hey, guys. I like Mark Stoops. I have no problem with Mark Stoops. He's got eight wins right now. About to play for nine after the day. When's the last time that y'all won nine games? What's it been over five years? Hey, what's your marquee win? What's your marquee win this year? What's, oh. the, what's the win you're hanging your head on? What are you bragging on to people? Every, I ain't seen nothing. Every win's a marquee win. win. I all wins are marquee wins. Well, the, they may not be the big name that y'all talk about, but every win is a marquee win. We won eight games. We played for nine today. And then we're going to turn around and go to a boat. More like we probably probably one of these big ten schools. Hopefully it's a Michigan State. Or I'll, I'll take either one of those guys. I'm good with this because I, I like the big ten. I respect the big ten. I think the big ten is a good conference. We're going to mess around and get ten wins this season. So say what you guys want. All that you want. Y'all talking about we beat LSU in name, Florida in name. Y'all couldn't even beat Clemson in name. Y'all lost to Clemson. And Clemson's yeah, I, I brought that up. I, br- I brought that up. But we beat Free Shoes University, so do we claim that? Like, like should we be bragging on that? Like, like y'all are bragging about beating Florida? Hell, they kept their coach after we beat them. Yeah, teams fire folks. So, so, y'all come through and, and get the upset. That, that's fair. Devil Swinney won a championship. Do you think they was gonna fire that man like that? He won two championships for that at school. So you think that it's not Dan Mullen's situation? Dan Mullen hasn't won anything. He made stupid statements like, I'm not worried about recruiting doing football season. Come on, man. How smart is that? That's not very smart. That man deserves to be fired just on the statement alone. Southfield should be fired the first year just because he's crying about somebody putting L down. You know what type of men we call them boys? We call them female dog men. You know what I'm talking about. They're yelling men. Hey, Hank, I, I got to agree with you about that. That 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 was the softest moment of the Scott that, Satterfield man? tenure, man. It was. It was soft. Who does that? Flanders, Who does that? Actually, Come on, man. No, I, can't, that's and, and that, I can't even And that's the guy that. y'all rely on winning today? That's the guy y'all, y'all putting your money on? Like, we ain't got nothing to worry about. First time listener. I have no faith in, in Scott Satterfield. <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, man, 
I don't know what it says about me, but despite all the scandals at UofL, the most embarrassed I've been was when he went out there pouting about L's down. I was like, oh, come on. Nah, I, I can deal with all the NCAA stuff, but you can't be uh, doing man, that. That's, that's pitiful, man. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm going to say it again. That's the guy you relied on to be us, to be UK. That's who you ride with because you sit right there. You would be UK, but you ride on a leader like that, and you can have that. You can have that. That's I would want that spineless jellyfish on my on my sideline. <laughs> Leave my guys. Well, well, Hank, I, I'm gonna tell you this. A, first of all, I want I want to score a prediction from you, brother, and then I also want you next week, win or lose, I'm gonna need you to call back Hank and defend what happened if if defense is needed. <laughs> I'm going to call back regardless. Okay, dude. I'm going to call back regardless. Because <laughs> right. guess what's coming down the road? Y'all got a basketball hiding spanker coming, too. <laughs> right down the road. So, best believe, we try to ruin all y'all holidays. But let me see. My, my prediction will be about, I'll say 34 to 17, you okay? 34 That's 17. what my prediction is going to be. I mean, whether you like it or not, I, I don't think y'all like that. That's just my opinion. The best of y'all got to Hey, guess what? He turns that ball over way too much. So, you know, say, as long as our defense does what we need to do, we're going to be fine. Okay. All right, Hank. Hey, I, I, I'm going to let you finish it. I know how you like to finish every show. Go ahead. <laughs> Come on, that shot. You know how I do. Hey, Louisville sucks. Later, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the The man... The myth, the legend, the legend, Hank. I, I, you know what? <laughs> I, I, I loved everything about that. He, but you know what? I, I, there's no defense for the, the Scott side for the L's. And you know what else? He was right about one thing. What's that? If we would have played him last year, I believe Kentucky would have rolled us. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I, I agree with that. That that definitely would happen. <laughs> now this year, I, I, I'm not. But so this sure. is a different year, <laughs> fellas. We're going to go ahead and hit this next break. Hank, I appreciate the call. If you want to get in next, 384-1450. Give us a call on, on the uh, Big X uh, line, uh, call in line. If you want to give us a text, uh, 414-1450, uh, and we'll take your call next. You are listening to Wake Up 502, Rashawn Haven, Joe, taking care of you, and we'll be back on Big X Radio. Yeah. Welcome back to Wake Up 502. It's going down. Governor's Cup, we're counting you down 7.30 tonight. 
is happening. Louisville basketball uh, is trying to <laughs> do something down in the Bahamas. Uh, we got so much to talk oh, about God, right, right now. Seven minutes, 24 seconds left in the first half. Louisville trails 18-15 to Maryland. Uh, been a very <laughs> sloppy, turnover-laden, <laughs> terrible <laughs> game to start what do you expect from what do you expect from college age dudes in the bahamas tipping this is off true i mean this is true props to them for getting out of bed on time <laughs> yeah you, i wanted to ask you all this what's the rule with uh with the bahamas i feel like it's uh it's kind of like those those wrestling matches you know loser got to leave the island like you have to immediately like it's like it's like survive, you know, the real world challenge. They don't even let you. You have to pack your bags before the game. So, like, if you lose, you got to go straight to the airport. The winning team gets to stay and kick it till Sunday. You lose, you get no papaya. That's why they do it at ten a.m. <laughs> well, Louisville, yeah. Louisville takes the lead now. That's nineteen eighteen. So they kind of, I think they're trying to figure out how to how to put this thing together on offense. If they stop turning the ball over, they will be fine. Like literally, they Louisville has like eight turnovers to start the game. They've had eight <laughs> turnovers in the first twelve minutes. So yeah, yep. they, just uh, stop trying to the ball. teams combined for fourteen. I mean, J- Jalen Withers, man, Jalen Withers. This this is what I'm talking about. This, this dude right here, like he has no spot, he has no position. He's turning the ball over. He's shooting terrible shots for whatever reason. This Louisville offense keeps wanting their centers and power forwards to dribble the ball, which I still don't understand. When you have that many dynamic guards on the perimeter, why in the holy hell you would want your big men dribbling the basketball? Like I just, yeah, there's, there's, they're, they're still working the bugs out, but you know, at least they have the lead. They have the lead. They just went to a timeout, nineteen eighteen. So, you know, when when you embrace the new uh, model of positionless basketball with a roster of position players, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like Malik Williams can barely walk, and you let you, you want him out there dribbling <laughs> and trying to like cross people over. Like that's just a recipe for for disaster. Like in several different <laughs> ways. It's like, come on, brother. Oh, you know, but I, I digress. Like they, they're winning. Uh, this is the the, the pre, the pre 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 game preseason. Uh, Chris Mack is probably uh, you know hopping around in his trench coat somewhere, just ready to jump out on the court. Just hold off, coach. Just hold. You got you got a half and a half left, and you're done, brother. Just just relax. Uh, you know, and it, it's rough. But fellas, getting back to this uh th- this game once again. Uh, the big shout out to Hink. Uh, appreciate the call. If you want to be next, five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. Would love to take your call. You can also give us a, a call in or text into the text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Would love to hear your thoughts on there as well. Um, but fellas, um, let's kind of start to get into the to the breakdown of it. Um, I, I need a superlative. Who is the guy that you guys are going to be looking at? Who is the guy that Louisville needs to have? Have, um, have a big game today. Who needs to, to carry the water? And I'm going to make one caveat. It cannot be Malik uh, Malik, Malik Williams. See, look at me. Malik Cunningham. It cannot be Malik, Malik Cunningham because that's the easy answer and everybody can always say that because you know he's been pretty much the whole offense. Who other than Malik Cunningham does Louisville need to have show up? Joe, I'm going to let you go first on that one. You know, I'm kind of stuck between two position groups. I think we need the wide receivers to help Malik out. That way he doesn't have to do as much with his legs, and it keeps the defenders honest. So when he does want to scramble, they're downfield defending receivers and not creeping up on him, Okay, uh, not able to spy on him. But, I, you know, we've talked we talked a lot in the first segment of the, uh, at the top of the hour about Kentucky's O-line. Louisville's O-line has really impressed me. I'm not saying they're they're as good 
as as skilled as Kentucky's. I'm not I'm not saying that Kentucky, that is the strength of Kentucky's team. I don't think there's any denying that. It's the starts on the inside and they they've recruited out. But this team has really put it together over the last couple of weeks and I'm I'm interested to see that. So I want to see which offensive line unit from both teams comes out and kind of sets the tone for the other team's defense. All but, I heard was on know, Wake Up Five O Two, Joe Kelly said that Louisville had a better offensive line than Kentucky. That's all I heard. That's that's literally all I it's heard. Comparable. Yeah. <laughs> comparable. It's comparable. No, I mean Kentucky's got a unit. They they arguably walked into the season with the best bookend tackles in the SEC and you know, you you have to give them their due on on that one. That's something I never thought. Yeah, I would I would be saying in, in a serious fashion. Uh, they're they're a good unit, but Louisville's offensively. You know, we've been very critical of them early in the season. They finally got it worked out. They've looked really strong. I I think they're a great unit for the quarterback they have. You know, it's it's hard for an offensive line to play with a scrambling quarterback a lot of times. You don't know what he's doing back there. And this team really seems to operate well with a, with with Malik. If it's not from the O line, it's got to be the wide receivers giving him something. You know, we're going to have to make Kentucky play a very 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 disciplined game on defense. That way, that allows Malik to do what Malik can do. And, and if Malik goes off, if Malik goes off. <laughs> Welcome to Louisville. Don't let the door hit you on the way down uh, down the highway. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. Haven Harrington, what you think? Scott Satterfield. That's interesting. Scott Satterfield. He's going to have to coach okay. this game with some hate in his heart. No more soft stuff. No mm-hmm. more getting complacent again. And no more not being aggressive. No, he's going to have to stay ultra aggressive the whole game because Kentucky's going to bring it. Regardless of what you say about Marks, who's maybe being an okay coach, whatever, Kentucky's going to want this game. They want to come down here expecting to win. They're going to be excited. They're going to be hyped up. And they're going to expect and they're going to want to blow out Louisville. I mean, Stoops is going to have his team ready like like Petrino had Louisville ready to play Kentucky. Remember how Petrino like, had all the hate in his heart mm-hmm. for Kentucky and Louisville just couldn't wait to get down to Lexington and just wear him out? At Commonwealth Stadium. Oh, yeah. That's how Stoops mm-hmm. coached Kentucky against us. And Satterfield is going to have to match that for Louisville to win. Now, if I can't pick a coach, because you said player, and I know I, I went with the coach. That, that, that was a good no, that was a good answer, though. That was a good answer. But but, but give me a player, too. I do want to hear a player. Whoever, co- whoever covers Wondell Robinson is going to have to be, like, blanking. Mm. So it's probably going to be Greedy mm. Vance. So he's going so to have to be a blanket because if, if Wondell is – he will get loose. He will get loose. You just have to contain him like one or two times this game. He's going to get loose. I agree with you. I think that that's that's huge just because I will be very interested to see what the coverage looks like. I want to see if they're going to be – um, physical uh, on the line of scrimmage. They have been the last couple of games um, with, you know, two lesser units in Syracuse uh, and Duke that you didn't necessarily worry have to worry as much about stretching the field, but they were very physical at the point of attack and did a good job of uh, um, really pressing up and then sending those five or six blitzers. Um, so I, I personally think that's the way to go. I, I know that you know it, it, can, it started with uh, with Rich Brooks, continued with Joker Phillips, and now with um, uh, Stoops. That you know that the, the um, uh, screen game is huge. 
Um, so I think pressing up your your corners uh, allows for you to to take that screen game away or at least keep it under control. Um, so we'll have to see. I, I think that 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 greedy Vance versus uh, Wondell Robinson matchup, if that is the matchup, we could be to see some uh, Chandler Jones as well with that. Um, but I think that that matchup is going to be huge uh, in this game. I totally agree with you, and Joe, I agree with your assessment with the wide receivers. You know that like that the wide receiver blocking, uh, which I thought was something that uh Des Fitzpatrick was excellent with um especially uh last year um he was one of the best physical on ball blo- downfield blockers in all of college football and I think that Louisville really struggled with that um early on I think Tyler Harrell was a guy who was a god awful blocker like he didn't even want to get in the way I think that he's gotten at least to where he's just bad <laughs> if that makes sense like I won't say that he's even average but at least he tries like at first he wasn't even but trying got to block the effort. yeah exactly like at least now he puts his hands on somebody and then I think that the other couple guys like I think that Jordan Watkins has started to really become a physical downhill blocker and I think that Justin Marshall's probably the best downfield blocker on the team uh, I, I, I think Justin Marshall really enjoys blocking Yes, he might enjoy it as much as catching footballs. I mean, he's got a little bit not not completely. He got a little bit of Heinz Ward in him. Absolutely. Well, I mean, because that, you know that that was the thing about Dez. Like Dez, what Dez could could run a route, but the one thing that Dez was was physical. Uh, at the point of attack. Uh, and that's one of the things that really you never really get a lot of credit for as a wide receiver, but I think it's very important, especially when you have a running quarterback um, like a Malik Cunningham uh, that can get out there and make things happen with his legs. If you don't have that good downfield blocking, then you have a lot of safeties and corners uh, making tackles 15 to, to 20 yards down the field instead of 30 or 40 yards down the field after you've got a nice spring block. Um, so I think that's a, a part that kind of gets overlooked. Um, for me, I, I I think that uh, I'm going to cheat and I'm going to use two players, uh, but I think the combination of Travion Cooley uh, and uh, Jalen Mitchell is the where I'm going to go. The nastiness that I saw in those two guys, especially against Duke in the second half when they really put that game away, Travion Cooley with the big catch and run uh, for the 45-yard touchdown to get things started down there in Durham was a huge play. I think that those two guys as release valves both in the running game and then what Cooley can do as a pass catcher and receiver on third downs is going to be humongous. Um, I, I think that Louisville um, has to get something from the other guys. I think Malik Cunningham, Kentucky's going to sell out to stop him. Um, so I think you're going to have to give them something else to look at. They need that eye candy um, to be a big part of what's going on for that Louisville offense to stay balanced because if those guys can run the ball um, – I think it'll be huge. Um, the, the way Louisville ran that football in the second half versus Duke showed me a different mindset. Haven, you talked about the aggressiveness of Satterfield uh, and that just that viciousness that you need. I saw that against Duke. And people can say, oh, well, it's versus Duke. I don't give a damn. When you come out there and you know what? I'm going to get you down and I'm going to keep punching you in the face over and over and over and over and over. When Aiden Robbins got in as the fifth running back off the bench, he said move get out the way went ran that 25 yard touchdown and was looking for somebody else to hit that attitude has not been there for three years and it has been the last two games it was impressive i'll tell you another guy to be uh looking out for today because he has had a monster season quietly Uh, i mean i'm even guilty of it but 
Mr. Yasser Abdullah has been flying under everyone's radar, not getting a whole lot of conversation about him. I want to see if he can get a good pass rush going against this offensive line. Because, yeah, absolutely, whoever is covering Wandale is going to have to put a blanket on him. I don't know that you can do that. I, but I do know Will Levis can't throw under pressure. He's not going to find anybody downfield. And nobody's going to be able to get downfield if we can get pressure. So I, I think that's another key to the to the elements of the game that's going to be really interesting. If, if they seal up that our pass rush, it'll be a long day for us. Yeah, Yasser's got, what, ten and a half sacks this yes. year? Ten and a half. I think he's got nine and a half. Nine and a half? I know he's getting close to ten. I know he's getting close to ten. I mean, okay. but he, he's been – I mean, he's – but, you know, I, I would say that that's one guy that even against Ole Miss he got in the backfield and created havoc for, for Matt Corral. Like, that dude has been one of the best pass rushers, not only in the ACC, but in all the college football pretty much all year. Um, you know, that, that, that's been a guy that you can – I mean, unbelievable! Like, uh, unbelievable. He's he's been a factor. So, no, I, I totally agree with you. That that guy um, is a problem, and you got to account for him. So, I, I think that he will definitely be um, an important guy, um, especially if Louisville can find a way to get ahead. Um, and I think that that's the one issue for this Kentucky team, and has been for this Kentucky program, is that they do not um, do well from behind. If you can get up on them. Um, that, that they are a team that likes to be able to lean on you, control the ball, um, and if you can, uh, if you can find a way to get that seven, ten, fourteen point lead, they're not built for that. If you have to trust Will Levis's arm to get you back in the game, I feel like that's the optimum opportunity for good things to happen we saw it and this was a game earlier in the season that I thought would be a good litmus test for what we would see from Kentucky because I felt like Boston College is a team that likes to do a lot of the things that Kentucky does they like to play clean football they like to run the ball they like to be physical and they like to play from ahead Um, and they're not going to beat themselves much and and that you know Boston College is kind of like a little junior Kentucky in that in in terms of how they're built and what they like to do and I really liked what Louisville did in that Boston College game. I thought they were physical at the, at the point of attack. I think they shut down um, a lot of what Boston College wanted to do, and their big big time wide receiver Louisville did a good job of covering him. Um, so you know that that kind of to me gave me more faith about the Kentucky game because you know of course you're going to have to do it at a higher level because Kentucky has more talent than the Eagles. Um, but I thought that stylistically it looked good. Um, so if you can get Malik Cunningham playing anywhere near um, where he did against Duke, I mean, you're not expecting another 300-200 game, considering that's only happened twice in the history of college football. Um, but if you can uh, hit a couple of those early and we can see, you know, Tyler Harrell or, or, or Jordan Watkins break for one of those quick touchdowns and Louisville can find a way to get the ball and have the lead and have an opportunity to extend it to two possessions, I think a two-possession game in this uh, in this matchup this evening would be humongous uh, for Louisville. Um, so, you know, I, I think those are a couple of the things that, that you know, we'll have to um, keep an eye on. Um, but that, that's kind of the, the place that I'm looking. I mean, ha- Haven, um, do you think that Kentucky uh, has the horses to come back? I mean, because, you know, you do have Josh Ali. I mean. Uh, you have you have Wandell. You have some players. But, uh, you know, do you think that they can come back? Uh, I mean, they can. I mean, just look at the Tennessee game. Because Kentucky got down by 14, and it was a, it was a track meet. And honestly, one of the only reasons Kentucky lost that game is because Kentucky's one of the worst teams in college football in turnover margin. 
and they had like two critical turnovers against Tennessee that cost them that game. One of those was interception at the goal line when it was going in the score. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Kentucky can put up points, and Kentucky gets back their best defensive player for this game. A call their uh, all-everything defensive tackle, nose, nose tackles coming back for this game. And he was very, very disruptive at uh, the, the beginning of the season. So, you know, if you get a big, mobile, 300-pound disruptor up the middle, you know, pressure up the middle is the worst thing for an offense. And if McCall can be anywhere near where he was at the beginning of the season, that could spell a lot of trouble for, for U.S. offense, especially if they can get a push up front or if they get pressure just using their front four without having to bring linebackers in the blitzing situations, things of that nature. So I'm pretty sure, you know, they'll have a spy uh, on Malik. And if they can get pressure with their front four, th- that's going to cause a lot of trouble for this, uh, for this Cardinal offense. And in uh, Kentucky on offense, you know, Rodriguez, Cavassier, Smoke, yeah, they're not the, the terrible two running backs that we're used to seeing from Kentucky, but they're still really good. And they still pounded some pretty good defensive front units. I mean, yeah, Florida's trash. Yeah, LSU's not that good. But those teams are more talented than probably any team that we played this year outside of Clemson. Um, so – you know, if they can, yeah, Ole Miss, Ole Miss probably wants to argue with you about that, but I, I, I mean, I would agree with it. Yeah, they probably Ole Miss probably would argue. I'm out, but on defense, I would still have to get my tip of the hat to LSU. Yeah. I can't tell the way yeah, Kentucky yeah. controlled the ball against them, where the, I didn't see no talent out there. No, like, the talent's there, but uh, it, the, the thing is, it's like, but that's the thing about this Kentucky team, though. Once they get that excitement going, once they get that energy going. I mean, this this is a, a hard Kentucky team to deal with. I mean, did, didn't we see Louisiana Monroe have a decent offensive showing against LSU and that yeah, talent? I mean, like, I, I'm i sorry, I mean, Haven. But, like, it sounds but, good. But, 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 but honestly, though, but honestly, though, like, if you look at Louisville's schedule, I'm like, like, who are we, like, are you talking about Boston College? Boston College is – Louisiana Monroe was like two and eight. But, and but, they moved the ball up and down the field on LSU. EKU moved the ball up and down but us. And you, EKU come tried. on, bro. Like, are true. you serious? I mean, but, yeah, hey, hey, but don't give me that with the LSU. I, I'm, so, I like, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know the jersey says LSU, at, but no, don't give me that defensive talent when two and eight Louisiana Monroe team went in there and moved the ball up. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. That's much talent as LSU and Florida right now. Give me a team. I mean, I'm not talking. Okay, but, uh, but Haven, Haven, you can't. But you can't talent. give me that, that, that. But their defense is horrible this year. Their defense is horrible. So I, you, you can sit there and spout. You can spout recruiting. Okay, the, the, they're supposed to what be well LS, thought. They're supposed to be well LSU thought of. Run? But come on, bro. Look, come on. Look, I, like, I, like, what would a bad LSU I, I'm team sorry. do in the ACC this year? Yeah, but they've been giving it up to everybody. Haven, they've been giving it LSU. I don't want to hear about UK. But I don't want to hear about Kentucky. What would they do? But no, 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 no. Look, look, look. I'm muting you. Shut up. I'm talking. No, I did mute your mic. Absolutely. Because, look, I, I'm, I, you ain't going to keep talking over me. See, this is the power of me as the producer is I, I can do that. And what I'm going to tell you is this. Don't tell me about how great UK's offense was moving the ball against LSU when LSU has been allowing everybody to move the ball all year. Fine, you want to say recruiting rankings say that they have good players, but they have played horribly all year. And if you cannot be, if you cannot assess what you see on the field statistically, they're not a good defense. 
So that really doesn't make me afraid of the Kentucky offense moving the ball when LSU has given it up to everybody. Okay, you can talk now. And I will say this to counter you. Yes. What team in the ACC has as much talent? What team in the ACC okay, would beat LSU? Oh, God. Honestly. What team but, in the ACC the would thing. beat LSU? Are what you serious? Forest? What? Who? 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 Syracuse? Oh, my God. The, the greatness is the Orange? How many teams? Uh, Clemson? The is Boston College? Clemson, Cle- Lake Forest, North Carolina. LSU has struggled against everybody. And so has Clemson. So is LSU. So is Clemson. So is NC State, North Carolina, Virginia. I, I, I just I, no, I, no, none of the teams ACC are really that good. Hey man, hey man. I, but am I, I think, wrong? But I think the bigger point here. But here's the bigger point that I'm going to make about it. <laughs> Don't sell me nobody LSU this year, red brother. Has been, nobody in red has been talking about this is a magical season. This is a great year for us. We've done unprecedented things. We've only done this three other times in program history. We're not out there running our mouths about that. We're disappointed in this season. Of course we're this disappointed. Is a disa- we're barely 500. But, but that, right. So that's my point, though, is that we're not out here beating our chest saying we've beaten anybody. You know what I mean? And, and that's all I'm asking of the Kentucky fans is enjoy your eight wins, but understand they were eight rotten wins. You don't have a good one in the whole bunch. All right, fellas. Hey, we got about four minutes left before we hit the top of the hour. So I need score predictions and player of the game for each one of you guys. Uh, Joe, you go ahead and go first. I'm going to go 34-28, Louisville player of the game, Malik. Okay, okay, nice. I like it, 38-20. You said 38-24? 34-28. 34-28. Okay, six-point win. Okay, okay, cool. Haven Harrington? I'm going to go with... I think this will be a high-scoring game. Okay. I, I think both defenses are going to kind of, uh, for a large stretch of this game, I think both defenses are going to struggle just a little bit. Um, give me Louisville 42-40. Woo! 42 for a try. Take the over. If you if you are following Haven Harrington, take the over. Uh <laughs> That, that that's a that's a good one. You know what? Um, I think that the home crowd is going to be huge. I think that this being a night game uh, at Cardinal Stadium is huge. I think that um, the last two weeks the fans have gained a lot of momentum. All we heard all year was that you know there's going to Blues going to get in. There's going to be more Kentucky fans than Louisville fans there. Um, I think that whole situation has turned around um i've continued to say that you know kentucky doesn't even fill commonwealth stadium so why in the world would they fill up cardinal stadium i just i don't see that happening i think that louisville will have um more people in there i think they're going to be loud um i think that louisville's strengths um and what they've done this year plays more into what um, Kentucky does well. Um, I think that if you ca- if they can continually keep Kentucky in third and five, third and four, um, I think that Louisville is going to win the game. I-, I personally think that if Louisville does not turn the ball over, um, I think they're going to dog walk Kentucky. 
I just I don't believe in what Kentucky's doing this year. I think that McCall being back is definitely huge, and that'll probably keep the game closer than it would have been um, because he is a monster. Uh, in the middle of that defensive line. He can cause all kind of problems. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing is going to be in, in this game, what has helped Kentucky year in and year out? Live ball turnovers, converting those to points, special teams turnovers, uh, or special teams plays. Um, that, that's where Kentucky Kentucky's needed special teams, uh, you know, outstanding special teams plays, punt returns, uh, stuff like that, um, turnovers by Louisville, almost every game that they have won against Louisville. If Louisville takes care of the ball, plays clean football, and keeps their ga- their foot on the gas, I don't think it's going to be that close. Um, give me Louisville 42-24. Um, I think that Louisville gets it done, and I don't mm-hmm. think it's that close. Um, I-, I just think that these boys are ready to get it done. Um, uh, just I, I know we have about eh, we got about a minute and a half left um, before we get out of here. Um, just final thoughts, um, Haven, on, on the rivalry. Um, uh, what, what, what are we going to see? Uh, I, I'll give you uh, 30 seconds. Honestly, I think Louisville actually comes out ready to play this game. I think Satterfield finally understands what the rivalry means. I think he's going to have the team ready to play. I just want him to be able to keep it up and just coach angry the whole game. I like Bam. it. That's my take. Joe Kelly? I agree completely with Haven, and there's not really much I, much more I can add from the coaching standpoint. I hope Scott Satterfield matches the intensity of all the drunk lunatics that are tailgating all day for this game. I like it's it. going to be live tonight, boys. <laughs> hey, you know what? Get your tailgates ready. Uh, get your, get your uh, you know, make sure that, that the orange juice and gin is cold. <laughs> so, well, one fan base is going to be heavily drinking because they're happy. The other fan base will be heavily drinking because they're sad. I cannot wait to see what's going to happen. A uh, big shout out to everybody uh, that, that interacted today, gave their likes and retweets. Uh, appreciate Hink giving us a call on the call in line. Uh, fellas, I have a feeling that we're going to have a good one. Hey, for Wake Up 502, Rashawn, Haven, Joe, we'll be back and let's see what happens tonight. Cardinals are leading at the half by five, y'all. We might get two wins today. Hey, we'll be back on Wake Up 502 next Saturday.